0: Once upon a time, there lived a poor Jew in a Russian shtetl, whose name was Muttel Goldgreber. This means a gold digger. He was a digger, but not a gold digger. Muttel was a digger of sand and lime, which he would bring into town to sell to builders. The builders would use sand and lime to make mortar and cement. But there was not much building activity in that small town. For all the back-breaking work that Muttle did, his earnings were quite small, barely sufficient to feed his large family. As his children grew up, he began to think about a shidduch for his oldest daughter. But Muttle could not come up with a satisfactory solution. Who would want to take a poor sand-digger's daughter for a wife? maybe only a poor sand digger's son, but there was no such other sand digger in his town. Besides, Mottl dreamed of a son-in-law who would be a Tamit Chacham, but he knew, without a dowry, it was just a dream. And so, the days rolled on. Mottl kept on digging, his wife kept on worrying, and their daughter was getting older. But one day, Mottel had a muzzle. He dug up something which looked like a piece of glass. He was about to throw it away when something inside him told him to hold on to it. He placed it carefully in his pocket and carried it about with him for a few days. Then he went to the only diamond dealer in town and showed it to him. The diamond dealer examined the stone. He rubbed it. He scratched it while Muttle looked on. Finally, the diamond dealer looked up and smiled. This is a diamond of enormous value. Muttle couldn't believe it. How much would you give for it, said Muttle. Muttle, I haven't got nearly that much money. Besides, what could I do with it here? But I have a cousin in London who's a diamond dealer in a big way. My suggestion... Go to London. Take it to my cousin. He will sell the stone for you for a good price. Mottel, you're a rich man. Me? Go to London? It must be very far. It must cost a lot of money. Mottel, don't worry about money. I'll lend you money for your trip and for a decent suit of clothes. You can travel like a real gvir. When you're in London and you've sold this stone... My cousin will buy for you some smaller stones, and when you get back, we'll go into business together. Who knows? Maybe it's Bashert that my son and your daughter would even make a Shidduch. Well, that would be a real honor, said Mottel, wondering all the time if he was really just dreaming. After a few weeks, Mottel found himself on his way to the nearest port, where he would board a ship for London. By the time he got to the port, Mottle had no money left. He wasn't very good with money matters. The money that he had taken with him on loan from the diamond dealer in his town seemed to just melt away. The expenses had been much greater than he had anticipated. But Mottle was now wiser. He went to the captain of the ship which was about to sail for London and showed the captain the gem. Would the captain trust him with the cost of a cabin until they reached London and he had sold the stone? Of course, said the captain. He gave Mottel a first-class cabin on the upper deck and ordered his own steward to look after Mottel. And so Mottel, Mottel Goldgräber, the digger, found himself living in luxury on the high seas. He felt wonderful. It amazed him to think... What that piece of sparkling glass had already done for him. Muttle would take it out of his pocket and gaze at it. He would hold it up against the sun's rays streaming into his cabin through the porthole. He liked to keep it in front of him on the table when he was eating, to help his digestion, he thought. One day, while Muttle was benching in his cabin, the steward came in, gathered up the tablecloth with all the crumbs, took it out of the room and shook it over the railing of the ship into the sea, together with the crumbs went the precious gem. When Mottled realized what had happened, there was nothing he could do. He finished benching, and then he remained sitting at the table. Well, he said, Hashem gave, and Hashem took it away. May Hashem's name be praised. He thought long and hard, And then he decided he would not tell the captain about the loss of the gem. There's no knowing what the captain could do. Mottl's future suddenly looked bleak again. But he put his trust in Hashem that he would not be forsaken. And perhaps he would find good fortune in London after all, somehow. So Mottle pushed all of the sad thoughts out of his mind and went around as cheerfully as he had before, as if nothing had happened. The captain continued to smile at him and greet him in a friendly manner as always. One morning, the captain met Muttle taking a stroll on deck and told Muttle that if all went well, they would reach London in three days. Then the captain invited Muttle to his cabin for an important talk. With his heart racing, but outwardly showing no sign of it, Muttle followed the captain. When they sat down in the captain's quarters, the captain said, "'I want to ask you a favor, which will also be to your advantage. "'I'm carrying a cargo of valuable oars that belong to me personally, "'in addition to the general cargo that I'm carrying for others. "'The trouble is that this cargo is likely to be taken away from me when we get to London. "'Therefore, Muttle, I wish to place the cargo in your name.' You will unload it, and you will sell it, and I will give you a good commission. The matter must be kept in strict confidence, but I trust you. Besides, Muttle, if you try to trick me and take my money, London won't be big enough to hide you. And as a token of appreciation, I'm willing to forego the cost of the cabin. Do we have a deal? Muttle gladly accepted the captain's suggestion. He was very pleased, of course, that some of his financial troubles were over. Things were beginning to look up again for Muttel Goldgräber. The captain produced a whole set of documents in which he inscribed Muttel's name as the owner of the valuable ore. He handed the documents over to Muttel, telling him that exactly two weeks after docking in London, he would come to him at the address of the diamond dealer to collect the money from the sale of the ore and give Mottel his 10% commission. On arrival in London, Mottel went to the diamond dealer. With his help, Mottel arranged for the unloading and sale of the valuable ore, and shared the commission with him. All Mottel had to do now was wait for the captain to come and collect his cash, and release Mottel from all further obligations. The day arrived when the captain was to come. All day and evening, Muttle waited for him, but he did not turn up. Another day passed, and another, but there was no word from the captain. So Muttle went down to the shipyard and began to make inquiries about the captain. He was shocked to learn that just a few days after arriving in London, the captain was involved in a drunken brawl in a bar and had been stabbed to death. The captain... Was not married. There was no next of kin to claim his body. There were other tales that went around about the captain, but Muttle was not interested in that. All he knew was that he had inherited the captain's fortune. He was now even richer than he would have been had he not lost the diamond. When Muttle told the news to his new friend, the diamond dealer, the diamond dealer was delighted over Mottl's extraordinary fortune. Mottl couldn't believe it. He kept saying, I simply can't understand it. What can't you understand, Muttle? asked the diamond dealer. Well, you tell me. First Hashem gives me a diamond that would have brought me a great fortune. Then he takes it away. And then he gives me an even greater fortune. The diamond dealer, who was also wise in the ways of Tidah, replied, Mottle, no one can know the ways of Hashem. But in your case, perhaps we can say it like this. You had not done anything special to merit the diamond. It was purely an act of divine grace and chesed to you and your family. When the possession of the diamond went to your head, you seemed to have forgotten about the one who had given it to you. However, when you lost it, you did not lose your hope along with the diamond. You put your trust in Hashem, and this gave you the merit for the second fortune, which is not only larger than the first, but which will undoubtedly remain yours as long as you will keep up your amuna in Hashem.